You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 280 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's happening in Gina world? I have just come inside. I've just been planting banana trees, well, three in, more. In I'm your a bit backyard? Obsessed. Yes. Why? Because uh, they were a gift and I wanted to get them in the ground and now they are and I'm a gardener. Thank you very much. Are you going to eat the bananas? Uh, I don't think they'll, I don't think uh, Melbourne will. Here's my thoughts on Melbourne weather. I don't think it's mm-hmm. right, but you know, <laughs> it's all over the place, not consistent enough. It's kind of like, oh, you, it's kind of like, Melbourne weather's kind of like, you know, that sweet girl in accounts <laughs> that, that, that gets drunk at the office party and then throws up in your lap. It's unpredictable, you know. Oh, yes. So not good for um, bananas, but they will they will get leafy and big. Yes. And look pretty. But the I'm very very can, proud of my confused. little garden, the little Balinese garden that I've got going on because I haven't killed it. I'm just so proud. Wow. Well, <laughs> if you are new to this podcast, this actually isn't so it's you not. want to be a gardener. No. This actually is so you want to be a photographer, but uh, it's our opportunity to catch up with each other on what's been going on in each other's lives. I haven't been planting banana trees, but I have been eating bananas. Have you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got I've got back into, remember the Nutribullets that were all the rage <gasps> about five years ago? Or so, or seven years ago. Well, what are you making? I, I fished out the Nutribullet from the depths of the drawer and I'm making smoothies. Okay, so I've got one better. Do you yes. remember the Yo Nana? Oh, yes. <laughs> we were obsessed with them about 10 yes, years ago. That's and right. um, well, you know, welcome, to, I, welcome yes. to all our new listeners. This is a photography <laughs> podcast. Uh, we will get onto photography in a sec. But the Yo Nana, it's more than a photography podcast. The Yo Nana is like this machine, and it was yes. like kind of like an ice cream maker. But what was oh. amazing about it is you feed the raw fruit in one end, mm. and through the magic of the Yo Nana, mm. <laughs> Ice cream comes out the yeah, other it end. It pooped out ice cream. It pooped out ice cream yes. and it was beautiful. And I was obsessed <laughs> with making. So, what you do is you freeze bananas first or mangoes or whatever fruit you love. And sort of the thicker fruits were better, like bananas work the best. And then you take that frozen banana and feed it into the machine and it spits out like a banana, like a soft serve ice cream. Mm. I'm going to find mine now i left I've mine in victoria it. i no oh, longer have my yonana yeah. <laughs> anyway <What>? so <laughs> we should move on and talk about photography, photography so what's been sure. happening with the gold community this week 
We have had a massive week of aha moments for the members that have been uh, practicing the lighting drills and the lighting protocol that I have been teaching them. And I have had, honestly, members who have no clue about off-camera flash who are just confused about it being converted to these amazing, you know, lighting gurus now. And it's just like watching those aha moments because it's like, Mm. you know, a lot of them were trying to do too many things at once, too many different lights, too many variations in the style. And I'm just like, no, back to basics, back to peeling potatoes. And we started at scratch. And honestly, in and this is what inspired this topic today, spending um, five to 10 minutes a day uh, with a styrofoam head, or some of them were even doing selfies mm. just so that they could not have to bother their you know long-suffering partners or long-suffering children or pets any longer (laughs) they're doing that on themselves and you know they've they've now discovered the way like to consistently get beautiful results with the lighting so i'm so so happy and so proud of them it's been a, a really big week Wow, fantastic. And of course, it's fantastic to see so much progress with members of the Gold community. If you're wondering what the Gold community is, then have a listen to this. If you're wondering what it's like to be a member of the Gold community over at genomilitia.com, I asked Natalie Finney why she joined. I think the point at which I decided to turn it into a business was um, when I actually had been listening to the podcast for a while yeah. and I, I took I took the plunge and joined the Gold Community without knowing too much about it. And it yeah. was at, right at that point that I said, oh, I think I really think I could do something with this. Certainly um, in terms of learning for me and technical ability, um, I have gotten so much value out of workshops online Mm. and the gold community obviously all the tutorials that I have access to um, has been like completely invaluable to to me and my learning I I have you know I've had some um, you know done some reading Mm. books and so and so but yeah I think um yeah, online online workshops and and tu- and watching tutorials, watching for example, you, you know, you going through um, photo shoots and um, explaining how you know why are, why you would do this or why you wouldn't necessarily choose that setting and um, all of that has been like yeah, an absolute world of wonder for me. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, just go to genomilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, which is three simple ways to improve your photography in five minutes a day. Now, that sounds pretty good, Gina. How in the world are we going to improve our photography in five minutes a day? Well, I think it's really important to... uh do small things in a consistent way. Now, everyone thinks that, you know, when they're going to make a big change, that it has to be done in a big chunk. So I know from uh, your background, Val, of writing, uh, that uh, a lot of people say, oh, I want to write a book. Mm. So what I need to do to write a book is I need to take uh, 
three weeks off and just sit down and write every day or I can't write unless I've got a big chunk of time mm. or the same can be said for people who want to exercise it's like oh, I need to go to the gym for three hours a day and I just don't have the time and when it's not the case and it's like you know many um, and I know you, you'll have more examples but there are many successful authors who have written uh, their books by on the train as they're going to work or they've just gotten up you know, 15 minutes before they were supposed to get up and they'll sit down and write for that 15 minutes. And then eventually at the other end, it takes a little bit longer, but you get a book. It's just about that being consistent, right? Yep, sure. Same can be said for, you know, exercising as well. You don't need three hours a day. And uh, if you do it that way, eventually you're going to just lose enthusiasm and burn out. But, you know, even just working out for five or 10 minutes is better than nothing. And and, and mm. you can build fitness very quickly doing that way. So the same uh, with these photography um, techniques that I'm going to give you, it's it's just a matter of getting in there because I can explain all this stuff, but it's not, and it can make sense, mm. but it's not until you sit down and actually practice uh, these techniques that it really makes sense. And I've had great success with the members of the goal community doing this exact technique. And I have seen them go from having uh, no idea how to do something to being completely proficient at that task in a matter of, you know, days, which if you, you know, made that into a time thing, it'd be a matter of, you know, 15 or 20 minutes of actual work. Yeah. yeah. So everyone has a spare five minutes a day that they can spare. So the first one that I want to talk about, Val, mm. is uh, lighting. So these are little exercises that are going to help you with a light. And it's like, I've said this before, but the most important day in a photographer's life is the day that they start to see light. And that when I say see light, it's see the subtle differences in light. Mm. And the second most important day is the day they know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So in order to learn how to see light you've really got to start looking and looking at the different conditions and one hack you're going to love this Val yeah because uh, you're going to be doing this everywhere you go from now okay. on although I think you're pretty good at being able to spot the good light for that you know selfie opportunity when it comes <laughs> along because it's like you'll go oh I think this is garage light better get a yeah. selfie here uh -huh. right but if you're not sure, and a lot of us, and it took me, it took me years and years and years and years to really start to see light because no one was telling me this is good light, this is bad light. Mm. I just had to work it out myself, trial and error. But here's a really good way. Everyone's got a smartphone. Yeah. Okay. What I want you to do, and you can do this right now. Um, I'm thinking about your office. So you're facing a wall now. There will be a window to your left, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I want you to do is open the phone, okay. uh, the camera app, mm -hmm. and put it in selfie mode so that you can see yourself. Okay. All right? Uh, yes. Okay, what I want you to do now is I want you to spin around uh, 360 degrees, don't get yourself tangled up in the cord, and I want you, as you're spinning around the room slowly, I want you to stop when you see the light looking best on you, and by best I mean 
the best light should look like the best Instagram filter. So your skin should look uh, light and clean and, and all that the light should be flooding in uh, in a nice direction so that it fills any little... Um, uh, you know, lines under the eyes and, and uh, just makes you look like you've got an Instagram filter. So spin around slowly and it should be, I, it, I'm just thinking of where the sun is. I'm not sure where the light is outside, but there should be a point where you go, I look pretty good here. Yes. And then there's a point where you go, I look really caca here so yes. there'll be a point when you spin around and this you can do anywhere you can do it outside you can do it when you're trying to find good light inside mm. um and you'll you'll quickly start to recognize a pattern whenever you do this and this is a great way to find good light where was the good light in your room well Val? because the sun is going down at the moment this is probably not the best time of day yeah. to be doing it but i i so Right now, the good light is actually where the artificial light is, but during the day, right. it would be where yeah. the window, coming from the window. Yeah, it's flooding in so that, you know, it's flat on your face yeah. and it's nice soft light and uh, what you want when you, uh, good beauty lighting, good portrait lighting, if you want to flatter someone, I'm not talking about character lighting, I'm talking about flattering beauty lighting, needs to be hitting the face flat on and another um, a good technique when you're outside and you're trying to find really good portrait light is use your hand use the inside of your hand right. um, and what you do is in the is palm the palm of your hand where all the lines are and it actually sort of squish your hand up a little bit so that um, you get extra creases and lines yeah. and that's kind of a really good representation of uh, what maybe a, an older face looks like because hmm. you're going to start as the face gets older this starts to get the lines start to get deeper now that is where shadows like love to hide and the more shadows you have in these lines and crevices, uh, the less flattering the portrait's going to be. So what you want, what what you want is nice flat directional light, nice soft light that's going to actually fill in all those lines. So when you're outside, you might be um, trying to find good light, and you might have a, a an area which is under trees. You can hold up your hand if you don't have someone to to sit and yeah pose in that position just put your hand up and have a look and you go all right is the light dappled on my hand if it's dappled on your hand it's going to be dappled on the person that you put there yeah. so and is there hard shadows and you can just walk around you kind of look like a bit of a <laughs> Uh, a bit weird doing it but there, get, there comes a point where you got to let go of all of that and not care what people think because at the end of the day, they don't really, no one cares what you're doing. Yeah. Everyone's too busy worrying about themselves. So just walk around the space and just look for the good, flat, even light. So mm -hmm. that can be something that you can do while you're waiting for the bus if you don't care what people <laughs> are thinking sure. of you. It could be something that you do... Um, when you're sitting in a cafe, it can be something that you do uh, just when you're in your office and looking around and just clocking every time you do that, go, okay, here's really nice soft directional light coming in from this window and just being aware. So spending five minutes doing that, mm. complete game changer. The other thing you can do is try and every day for that five minutes, shoot at a different time of the day. So early morning light, what's that like? What's midday light look like? 
and what's evening light look like. And again, just use your smartphone, the phone that you've got with you and you're going to start and just do a selfie a day. You don't need to share it with anyone, but really be mindful about finding that beautiful directional lighting. And because once you understand how daylight works, taking the next step and understanding how flash or artificial light works is just becomes a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So yep. simple little exercise. So um, while we're on that subject, we've had a request for a CC in the um, uh, So You Want to Be right. a Podcast. So that's a constructive critique. And Nicole has um, shared this post in the Facebook group. And if you're not in the, our Facebook group of our listening community, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. And so Nicole has shared a bunch of different photos um, and has said, constructive critique, please. I'm a beginner. I just finished my first shoot with a food blogger who was wanting some portraits for her page. I'm bummed that some of the most flattering photos were not in focus, have a lot to learn and looking for feedback on everything for future reference or for editing before I send them off later this week. Also, I just got home and these are transferred from my camera to phone with the Wi-Fi and edit on the phone just so I could quickly get to them and take a look myself. They'll go on the computer to be edited before they're sent. So there are a series of photos of a a food blogger with long blonde hair, you know, with some waves in it. And the hair goes, it's quite long. It goes down to her chest and she's blonde, but she's also wearing a cream colored um, knitted top. And there's a lot of photos where she's actually not looking at the camera. It's like that, you know, pensive downward look with a smile that you often see on Instagram with her um, with one arm up kind of either holding her hair or or touching her neck Um, and uh, the background is is out of focus so she's shot with a shallow depth of field and there's a couple of shots with her for example holding a um, cappuccino uh, you know um, and stuff like that so Gina constructive critique Okay, so Nicole, I think you've done a fantastic job for your first time, first mm, shoot, mm, so amazing. Mm. And uh, like really lovely lifestyle pics, perfect for Instagram. They've got a perfect. real Instagram look to them. So I think the food blogger that you photographed is um, would be thrilled with these. Mm. To take these to the next level, uh, Nicole, I want you to think about those exercises that I just gave about finding the good light and being able to recognize it because uh, while you've done a great job uh you know uh, exposing these uh, all I see you've you've given your before shots and your after shots the aim for you now is I want you to get it right in camera not in post so I really want you to focus on when you shoot that it's skin tone is king so the the way the skin looks you want to make it look as beautiful as possible in camera not in post because you're limiting yourself um, when you're having to push up exposure and uh, open up shadows and things like that so if you can get uh, find the really good light to start with then you're Mm. going to have a fantastic raw image and when you've got an amazing raw image then you can take that um, you know 
to the next level very easily and not rely on having to do heavy post-processing. So time of day is really important and I can see by the uh, lights on in the cafe in the background that it was uh, sort of like it looks like dusk to me or it could be early morning but I would say it'd be a dusk sort of shoot. So the light there is a technical term for this style of lighting Val. Yes. And it's called kaka light. Kaka light. So kaka light, it which is like that, 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 that. It's the kaka hour. Oh, um, look, Tiger is t- chiming Tiger's, in. That's yeah, Tiger, genius cat. Joining. Yeah. Um, so it's that it's that kind of dusk where it's uh, the the light has lo- lost all that uh, kick to it, and it's kind of grey in tone, mm, mm. and uh, it doesn't have any direction. It's just flat and uh, kind of poopy. Now. <laughs> If this was the only time that the blogger was available or it was just a good time to shoot, mm. then what, what you need to do is when you're exposing is exposed for the skin tone. So these images to me, your before shots, uh, look uh, underexposed. So what you need to do is open up by a stop. So when your camera is taking a reading, and I'm not sure as a beginner whether you're shooting on um, auto or not, but if you need some help with uh, shooting in manual mode, then uh, there's a course, and Tiger agrees. Mm. He's, he's done the course mm, as well. Yes. Uh, get off auto, which uh, runs through the, uh, the the best ways to um, learn how to shoot on so, uh, manual mode. Th- that's, camera? that's Gina's course, of course, and it's um, Get Off Auto and How to Master Manual Mode Forever, and it's fantastic. I've done the course. It's how I got off auto um, thanks to Gina's course. So, And you can find that, of course, at uh, ginamilitia.com. Uh, so, um, but failing that, Nicole, what you can do is just um, with your five minutes of uh practice every day is focus on metering for skin tone so um, what happens when the camera is metering uh, it's reading the light that is uh, reflected off the model not the actual light so what happens is when you're uh, trying to take a photo when you've got something bright behind your model it's going to confuse the camera's metering system designed by Hans and um, what 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 Hans is trying to do when he's designed that metering system is give you an average uh, reading overall and so what the the camera is quite conservative in how it meters so it'll give you an overall setting and when you look at your before images they are uh, a little bit underexposed so just as a rule of thumb when the camera says that it's correct and you're metering off a skin tone of a fair-haired person and fair-haired skin open up by half a stop so either uh, decrease slow your shutter speed down or um, open up your aperture a little bit and there are uh, lots of uh, uh, podcast episodes on metering so if you want to go and search those out they'll, they'll cover all the steps you'll need so that's something that you can experiment with and just have a look at what happens okay the camera tells me this is correct I'm going to overexpose this image by half a stop or a stop and have a look at how the skin tones improve Next thing you want to do, uh, you mentioned uh, getting the shot sharp, is just do some drills with uh, focus. So practice moving your focus points around and that is the biggest game changer for all photographers. So there is a... um, 
a little toggle on the back of the most cameras would allow you to actually take the focus point from the center frame and move it around to anywhere you want. So you can actually move that focus point to where the eyes of your model are and that's gonna make sure that the eyes are sharp and everything else falls out of focus. So they're the two big game changers. Um, and also think about really uh, being um, proactive in the planning of the shoot. So don't just leave it to the blogger to suggest the time of day that, that you're going to shoot and the location. Go out there and scout and scout uh, the best time of day when the light is beautiful and do some practice shoots so that you can find that uh, great spot nearby and you can do all your shoots there for the first little while and that's going to make life a lot easier but mm. terrific job on these you should be really proud of yourself for a first shoot well done yeah, absolutely fantastic so what's all the right. next thing so step two is uh, I call it the peeling potato challenge okay. and it's uh, learn to peel potatoes before you make the souffle. <laughs> now a lot of uh, photographers when they're starting out and it's because like we've got this abundance of information out there and so people are in the massive uh, Facebook groups that are out there where you've got thousands of members who have got their 15 flashes and they're all sharing their work and so everyone's looking at that going okay so to be a photographer and I'm certainly being guilty of this I need to have 15 lights and uh, use every bit of equipment that I've got but then it gets confusing because you're not really sure what is doing what and you yeah. might fluke one but then you know, you try and do it, recreate that shot the next day or a week later and it, it doesn't work out. So what I have been doing, and this is what I've been um, working with, uh, with all the students, uh, all my students is uh, working on just focus on one thing at a time. So uh, before you learn how to use flash photography, start with daylight first. Yes. And so we just went through some good suggestions. Get that right because if you don't understand daylight, you're going to have a really struggle understanding how flash works. So get and get get an understanding of how daylight works. So then, you know, if you want some drills on how to understand daylight, I've just given you a few. You can then, um, if you don't want to work with people at the start because it's intimidating, get a styrofoam head. Or as a lot of members of the community are starting to do, is they're getting their Batman toys yes. and their. Brad Pitt dolls and um, uh, all sorts of things. I've got a Ninja Turtle here. They're very, <laughs> very handy, especially the ones um, I think I uh, quite like the ones like Brad Pitt with his shirt off or the superhero ones because you've got uh, all the muscles there so you can really uh, get a sense of how the light oh, works. Oh, yes, yes. You know, so you can see how that'll look on a body shot. So this is a really simple way to get your head around lighting and understand and practice your lighting. So you can start with daylight with those and then just practice. I want to get a shallow depth of field here, so I'm just going to bring my dolls out. Don't, again, who cares what people think? <laughs> Don't worry about it. You can do this in the privacy of your home or you can do it on the train. Doesn't matter, wherever, wherever you're comfortable doing this. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, the next thing, once you've worked with daylight, you can start adding uh, a reflector and playing around with that and just see what happens. But make sure that you just stick to the one thing, nail that before you move on to the next one. And the next one that you want to move on to, if you want to learn fill flash, 
the best way to do it is start with one flash off camera. One speed light is all you need, not three, not five. And the modifier of choice is don't start with a, um, a beauty dish, which is a lot of like that's probably the end of the line. That's the most complicated. And a lot of photographers go, I, I'm just pulling my hair out because I can't get this light right. But because basically starting with a beauty dish with flash photography is like trying to make a souffle before you've learned how to peel potatoes. Yes. It's very, very complicated. Beauty dishes are really, really tricky because a millimetre of movement or, a, you know, either way is going to completely change the look of the shot. So instead of that, start with the most basic of light modifiers, the umbrella. It's very, very forgiving light. It spreads like light out in a fine uh, mist, <laughs> if you can imagine that. And the light goes everywhere and it's the closest to daylight. So you're not going to um, hate it as much as if you uh, started with, say, a beauty dish and, and um, got it wrong and often people get discouraged. So start with an umbrella and keep all your settings consistent so mm. the way i do it is i expose as if i'm shooting a portrait in daylight and then i will add the flash and um shoot like that and so have all your settings the same so let's say you're shooting with daylight you're shooting at iso 100 f4 at a shutter speed of 1 125th and that is that is looking good in camera for a daylight shot but you just want to lift the, the skin tone a little bit, just clean it up with a little bit of fill flash and, and fill in any little shadows. You bring your umbrella in with the speed light and you start with your flash at say the lowest setting and then and then have do a shot, do a shot without flash and then add the flash and then have a look. And if it doesn't look like it's doing anything, then just increase the power a little bit at a time until you get the desired look. Then once you've got the flash power right, you can start tweaking and moving the flash around to get the, the right look. Mm, All right. So, but what's important here is not trying to do, so where people get confused is they will um, set everything up and then it doesn't look right and they'll start adjusting their ISO. Then they'll start playing with their aperture and then they'll start playing with the shutter speed and you end up with a hot mess and it's not consistent. This, this approach that you can do in five minutes, just when you get home, get your styrofoam head out or get out your Ninja Turtle or your Batman doll, mm. set it up, set up your flash and uh, just play around with it this way. And please post your uh, examples of this in uh, the podcast Facebook group so we can all have a look and let go of the need to have everything looking perfect. You know, uh, don't worry about getting this perfect shot. It's all about mastering the technique because once you nail this, you're never ever going to forget it and it's going to make your life so much easier to uh, learn other styles of lighting and uh, make you know more complicated shots down the track. But these are the basics that you need to nail first. So we've also got a question on lighting, Val. Yes. From so Robert Duckworth. Robert Duckworth has uh, posted four images and um, he said, I captured these of a friend of a friend's daughter using a Sony A7 III with the 20, 24 to 70 kit lens 
Looking for constructive critique as I worked to improve my portrait photography. The one with her eyes closed was on purpose as she wanted to see what her makeup looked like on her eyelids. Um, so the girl looks probably around seven or eight. And I guess the beauty of a kid who's seven or eight who isn't shy and, you know, who isn't afraid to see what her makeup looks like is that she's very natural. And so she's against a... Um, a grey background. It looks like a grey, slightly dappled sheet that is a little bit out of focus and she's wearing a dark pink top. And um, what are your comments on this, Gina? All right. So uh, first of all, uh, Robert, thanks for sharing these images. I think you've done uh, a lovely job on these images. So much personality, as you said, Val. So, yeah. And I actually, you know what? I love them together as four shots. Yeah. Like uh, it, it just uh, has so much energy and vibrance and it's like showing all the different personalities. So I even love, love the way that you've presented these and I think this is a good way to uh, show off this sort of work. In terms of the lighting, I think um, working, starting with continuous lighting is a fantastic way to learn how to see light. I started with continuous lighting. I was afraid of flash when I first started and so I got myself some super cheap I think they were given to me Val some super cheap continuous lights and uh, that's how I used to light a lot of my portraits when I was starting out so that is a great idea Um, what I want you to do Robert is just go back a step and just go back to the peeling potatoes step using the continuous light and just one light so I want you to ditch the reflector and just use the one main light so that you know which light is doing what because what you have at the moment uh, is and by the way composition is beautiful so I love how you framed all these images and you've also exposed them really well in terms of the lighting um, you've got a reflector and then you've got your main light lighting the face and what's going on is the reflector I think by uh, the reflection in the girl's eyes is probably silver mm. and then you've got the main light is uh, it's kind of got like a golden mm. cast to it so there's kind of a couple of different light sources there and so the bottom half of the girl's face is brighter than the top half now if you just took a step back Robert and just lit this with one light only um, you're going to be able to see exactly what the light is doing so just uh, get the get it right with one shot one light to start with and then bring in the uh, second the the reflector and I would maybe uh, try using the white side rather than the silver side because the silver side can be a bit full on uh, at first and maybe just back it off a little bit so it's not as strong as the main light because you want it to be filled you don't want it to be uh, a stronger light source Uh, the second thing that you want to do to take these to the next level is think about post-production so um, the one thing that I notice is the colors are a bit off overall in this image so you want to be thinking about white balance and very easy to white balance these images because you've got like a gray background so all you need to do is take the image into Lightroom and open the develop module in the basic module and just get your color picker uh, from the white balance section and just do a click balance 
on either the whites of the girl's eyes or on the gray background and that'll give you uh, a neutral white balance for this shot which will get rid of any color cast and just give you a good um, clean neutral starting point uh, but aside from that Robert I think you've done a really good job and uh, please keep this up I love I really love this series like that with all the personality and all the different sides so I'd like to see you uh, please continue on this and uh, do share some more work yeah they're, re- they're really good they are mm. okay right. cool so the next one, the third and final vowel, uh, the thing that you can do uh, in uh, five minutes a day is, uh, and this doesn't involve actually doing any physical photography, but it's just getting inspiration and you can do this on the commute or, you know, uh, at any time of the day in your lunch hour or something, just spend uh, five minutes uh, finding inspiration. And uh, when you're doing this, Uh, I want you to try and look beyond all the cliches. So what's happening is there's been, uh, we've got social media and uh, anything that's new and exciting, everybody jumps on it, everybody copies it. So we're seeing all these uh, huge Instagram sites and huge Facebook communities where everybody's doing the same thing. So it's really hard to stand out. So I want you to think of ways that you can look beyond the the cliches. And and what often happens is um, you kind of don't know what you don't know. So if you're looking and getting inspired by a certain um, Instagram massive site where you're seeing all these images that to your eye look all new and exciting, that the thing is that a lot of these photographers have been influenced by masters of the past. So a lot of these images are actually copies of images that have all been done before. So skip that step and go back and uh, start studying the masters instead. So uh, there are so many great photographers that you can um, have a look at, including like Richard Avedon, Mm -hmm. Uh, some of my favorites, Richard Avedon, Herb Ritz, Annie Leibowitz, uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson. How was that? From a French accent. Well done. From an Aussie accent. Did that sound so yeah. bad? <laughs> yes. Uh, Robert Maplethorpe, Irving Penn are just a couple of uh, my favourites. Another great website that I love looking at is the Magnum Photos uh, site. So I'll put a link in the show notes and you can go and just have a look at uh, some of the masters uh, of photography and just spending five minutes a day looking at their stuff will inspire you, you know, and it's a lot better than um, sort of seeing where it came from rather than um, copying stuff that everybody else is doing because we could keep seeing the same stuff out there. So um, another thing that you can do uh, to get inspiration is uh, binge watch Uh, some great uh, inspiring movies so uh, there is uh, an article that I've shared from BuzzFeed Val that has 49 stunning movie shots that will uh, never not take my breath away. That's a funny title, is it? You you would correct that. How would you put that? Oh. That would never not take my breath away. That always so, take my breath take away. Take my breath away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's a whole um, – have you got, uh, like, any standout scenes in movies that have just stayed with you? Yeah. So the scene in um, uh, uh, The Rock – you know, on, on Alcatraz, where yeah. Nicolas Cage um, has to let the 
fighter jets know that send a signal to, to them and he lets off these green flares. That's right. It. <laughs> that inspired you. And and do we see that now in your artwork? No, um, not Is at that all. in your artist manifesto, No, you didn't Val? ask me about the scenes that would inspire me. You said that have stayed I... with you. <laughs> that is one that stays with me. Just uh, That's why I watch The Rock for the green flares. Right. Okay, that's probably uh, not what you were after. No, are there any creative scenes that you've seen that have gone, wow, that, I love that, I want to paint like that or I want to take a photo like that? Mm, probably. I have to think about that. But obviously one isn't coming to mind. I, obviously there are for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots. Like um, I, I, uh, Moulin Rouge, I, I remember watching that with just my mouth open going, oh, my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And there were a lot of uh, images of who was the lead in that? What's his name? Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Ewan, um, where Baz Luhrmann did this uh, very tight shot of Ewan, but the camera was always shaky. Oh. So it's just kind of shaky, but I just loved the energy of that shot and it just stayed with me. There's another scene. There's a scene in American Beauty, the movie, where there is a plastic bag just floating through the air. I thought that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, right? That that still. And um, there's a play that I saw uh, many, 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 many years ago and the visual has stayed with me. There was a shot where... Um, a little girl was lying in the sun and the way they uh, portrayed that in the play is they had a sun on the stage, like a massive like canvas sun, oh. and the girl was actually physically lying in the sun. Oh, okay. And I just thought it was so beautiful. So there's, oh, there's a heap. I store them all. I store them all in my memory files, mm. in, you know, with little bits of childhood and all sorts of trauma and everything else that's in my brain <laughs> and all the voices. <laughs> And uh, yes. <laughs> and they and they come out every like you know I'll be doing a shoot because it's like what you fill your brain with it's going to seep out eventually on a shoot and you'll just it'll just come to you yes, when you'll be true. you'll be going oh wow I see this and it's like wow I've got some inspiration so um, I think you can uh, watching these beautiful movies is never a waste of time because you've got the best of the best and there was always something that will inspire you and it's different for everyone so basically we'll put the link in the show notes it's a link to a buzzfeed uh list of um shots 49 study movie shots that will never not take my breath away (laughs) (laughs) which i would rewrite and edit slightly Uh, but they range from moulin rouge as as gina's mentioned the lion king the grand budapest hotel um which has some sumptuous shots skyfall tangled there's even one even ones from cinderella um pride and prejudice the great gatsby and so on but you can check that out yourself and even tv val there's some beautiful tv like bright uh what is it um brides what's that one where they all can't have babies and can't have babies the handmaid's tale i should be i should be a tv critic can you write a small blurb about what this show's about yeah it's about this uh they they can't have babies (laughs) the handmaid's tale and uh beautiful beautiful cinematography in that (laughs) succession has some amazing cinematography long um continuous scenes and also um the crown the crown 
I can barely watch. I love it, but I have to keep stopping and going, that was a good shot. Mm. That's a great shot. Mm. And so that's uh, very, very expiring. And Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, anything that's uh, like a period drama for me, I just I love it to death and always inspired by those shows. My big biggest one, Val, yes. uh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir. Okay. Reservoir is yes. a suburb in Melbourne. <laughs> is, is that how you say it in Melbourne? Reservoir? Yeah. Yeah, how did you think we said it? Reservoir. Is it? Uh, well, that's what I but thought. You ask, don't ask me. What? I, I have no clue. I can barely speak English, <laughs> Val. So, like, you know. But that, that scene where the opening scene, I've I've uh, been inspired by that <laughs> so many times. You have. I love it. Yes, I have. So um, spend five minutes a day absorbing some fantastic content and your creative brain will love you for it. And finally, five minutes a day reading uh, great works. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be on photography. There are great books on creativity. My favourite is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Have you read that, Val? Uh, a long time ago. It's fantastic. Uh, a quote from that. If you find yourself asking yourself and your friends, am I really a writer? Am I really an artist? Chances are you are. The counterfeit innovator is wildly self-confident. The real one is scared to death. And I've been um, busting out quotes from that all week. I think that this is a book that uh, every creative should read once a year. At the start of the year, bust it out. It will inspire you and you will find stuff that you haven't seen before. The other book that I've been reading over this summer again is Annie Leibovitz at Work and this is an account of her life. Uh, I'll be honest with you, the first time I got this book, I've had it for maybe uh, a good 20 or 25, 20 years at least. Mm -hmm. uh, when I first tried to read it, I hated it. Okay. It Because uh, I didn't, it wasn't... <laughs> wasn't celebrity gossipy enough <laughs> for me uh, but now um, now I'm reading it and uh, it's uh, it's it's fantastic because she talks about her process and her thoughts and uh, why she ended up at this place and you know it's just really interesting and there's another one that I've uh, just um, also uh, just bought uh, is uh, Avedon at work. And so this is uh, in the American West. And so this is based on uh, a commission that uh, that he did uh, in, uh, I think, 1979. And it's from, uh, written by, I think, one of his assistants. So there's lots of behind the scenes images in there. And uh, you get a real insight into uh, how he worked and why he chose the people that he worked with. So um great insight into the, 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 their lives and their thoughts. So there's uh, three examples. And if you guys have any more, then please do share them in the uh, podcast community because I'd love to get your recommendations as well. So there you go, Val. There's um, right. a few different ways to take your photography to the next level uh, in just five minutes a day. Love it. Fantastic. Because it's something that we can, um, you know, just all fit into our lives. It's great. All right, so that brings us to almost the end of this week's episode. What are you doing in the coming week, Gina? 
I'm working on uh, headshots this week, so and I've got some editing to do, and I've got my mastermind coming up. Ah, uh, uh, yes, for the uh, goal uh, community. Sorry, it's Ask Me Anything for the Goal Community this week, so uh, that's always exciting. What are you? Uh, you're well and truly into uh, the Lunar Festival, Val. That's full swing. right. So the Juggernaut has started. For any new listeners, um, I'm the City of Sydney's curator of the Sydney Lunar Festival, which is a big arts and culture festival that goes from the 25th of January to the 9th of February and um, over 1.5 million people will be expected to attend. That's how many attended last year. And it's wow. um, there's a lot to organise. So I'll be going to rehearsals and also um, doing final inspections of the art installations and um, just really bedding down all of the events and and, and, uh, activities and artist talks and stuff like that, which um, will be happening during the festival. And if you are going to be at the festival, hopefully we will bump into each other at some point. Um, It's a great little um, uh, thing for nighttime or and daytime photographers, but particularly in nighttime because the art installations are all modern-day depictions of uh, traditional uh, lanterns as in the animals of the zodiac for the lunar zodiac, you know, sheep, monkey, rooster, rat. It's the year of the rat this year. And so they will line the foreshores of Sydney Harbour at Circular Quay and uh, there'll be a sight to behold from dusk onward in particular when they'll be lit. And so it's a great opportunity for photographers who want to practice their their nighttime photography but of course they they exist during the day as well and also look very impressive during the day so you can kind of make a day of it and because you've got yeah. lots of things to take photos of it's right on Sydney Harbour with yes. lots of different angles and go see uh, Valerie's uh, rooster which is part of the installations there and please 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 if you if you're get, getting down there do take photos and do tag us and do share them in the uh, podcast community. We'd love to see your shots and, uh, yeah, how exciting, Val. That's amazing. Very exciting, yes. So if you want to find out more, go to sydneylunarfestival.com. In the meantime, where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm on all social media at Gina Militia. And uh, if you want to be mentored by me, imagine how uh, you would feel if you could walk into any situation and know where the best location is. If you can stand in front of any person and have the confidence to be able to get them in their best light and also have the confidence to light in any situation and this is the kind of stuff we do in the goal community and we have people from all walks of life in all different stages of their photography so we've got beginners who are learning to just take uh, better photos of their holidays and their families all the way through to pros who are looking to uh, make more money with their photography and take their photography to the next level so uh, come and check it out it's at ginamilitia.com and click on join the community what about you val you'll find me at valerie koo that's k-h-o-o on twitter and instagram and over at valeriekoo.com thanks for listening everyone and we look forward to chatting to you again next time thanks guys thanks for listening to so you want to be a photographer for more information free resources 
and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMalaysia.com.